Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Grow With Soul. (laughs) 100 episodes! This feels like a big deal for someone with trouble sticking to things and who always comes up with new ideas. So I wanted to do something a little celebratory to mark this milestone. Today, I am being interviewed by my good friend Lawrence Toy, as well as having the auspicious honour of being the first man on the podcast, Lawrence is a personal development coach who facilitates events and festivals and also he knows me from actual real life rather than the internet so I knew he would do a great job and I also thought we would have a pretty interesting conversation. We had some questions submitted from Instagram and the newsletter, which were all so deep and juicy, and I'm so grateful for your investment in asking them. As you can probably guess, we went off on a few tangents and didn't get to every single question this time, but I will circle back to any we missed in a later episode. So, in this episode, we talk about lessons learned from burnout and breakups, moments of knowing, what the future holds, and how I'm prioritising the stuff of life. Before we get into it, I also wanted to tell you that I have put together a commemorative ebook to celebrate today as a gift for you guys for sticking with the podcast and with me, or for joining if today is your very first episode. 100 Ways to Grow a Soul is a compilation of every guest's answer to the final question, how do you grow a soul in your work and life, as well as some of my favourite quotes and a few musings and tips from me. If you are subscribed to my newsletter, you will already have your copy in your inbox, but if not, go to simpleandseason.com gws100, that's the number 100, to get yours. So, now, on with the 100th episode. I mean, I don't know whether I should say something first or you should say something (laughs) first in this context. Well, how are you feeling? I'd love to know that. How does it feel? I feel weirdly nervous. (laughs) I felt really nervous all day. I don't know. And it's not like... I've never been interviewed on a podcast before. <laughs> so if I if this was like your podcast and I was on it, I would be fine. But I don't know, it's something about the relinquishing control of like my thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting your to baby. feel like this though. That's something you've been working on for, you know, we're, we're on the 90 we're on the 100th episode, right? So you've done 99 mm-hmm. before this. 
and so something's really been blossoming there and it was really awesome to actually have a listen back over some of the episodes i listened to the very first episode as oh. well as one of the and <laughs> but it was it was great what i picked up mostly was there was just this consistency from the start in the little jingle and just the style and the, the authenticity that you bring so yeah no wonder it's um it's clearly been something that you're very passionately have developed and that you, you you've brought a lot of yourself too so mm. congratulations <laughs> as we wave the hundredth uh, banner uh, that's funny because i think about early episodes and i'm like oh no don't listen to them <laughs> i can't even really remember what they're about but actually things haven't well things have changed a lot but also things haven't changed at all since then so I should really stand by them. But I'm like that with everything. Like a blog post that I wrote six months ago, I will think is the worst, cringiest thing ever, let alone three years ago. So, yeah. Mm. So there's that reflective process, isn't there, where we just look back and see things, could have done them a hundred different ways. And that's actually, that's really interesting. Maybe that's a beautiful segue into talking a little bit about you. You know, this <laughs> being an episode where we're having a chat about your journey we've had some great questions come in from some of your followers and it would be awesome just to to see where we could start with that so well you're in wales right and and actually that was something that i picked up from the recording the first thing you mentioned is that you've, you've been in wales this whole time and it's in your jingle you know the mountains yeah. in wales oh god it it's is in your jingle. Yeah. so so it must mean something to you it must have been a part of what you've created that's a really interesting way of positing that because I wouldn't say it was ever a kind of conscious this is my brand, I'm in Wales kind of thing. I think it was in the the intro just because, like, just to give some context <laughs> um, and kind of <laughs> yeah, ground yeah. it in something. I suppose... Most podcasts don't say, oh, this is my address, this is where I live. So perhaps that, yeah, there is something important to that where, where it means something. And probably also thinking about back in 2018 when that, was, that intro was recorded, I think it was probably a way of setting apart what I do and my approach from what you would expect of somebody who talks about business who lives in London or who lives in LA or whatever. And it was just a kind of shorthand way, I guess, of saying, I'm a bit different. <laughs> I live in the mountains. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I can see how it probably was quite conducive to, uh, you know, developing an offering which is focused on slow marketing, right? I, you know, I, I love this part of the world. You know, I'm up here too in North Wales, just so everyone knows. <laughs> um, and yeah, there is something spacious and slower in this part of the world. You know, you just you can just ease into nature a bit more. So perhaps this was always the perfect place for you to engage mm. in slow marketing in something that mm. didn't need to be fast paced and, uh, you know, 10 times your salary and all the things that you, you've spoken about kind of avoiding, or at least there being an alternative to in this mm. slow, organic marketing, developing a business with soul. So yeah, and that was a question actually that came through was how much does living in North Wales affect your aesthetic and your approach to work. Mm. And that's funny because that's from 
Joe at Ferrain, who is my North Wales neighbour, so she should know. <laughs> but maybe that's why she was asking. But yeah, I, it's a funny one because I guess wherever you are is going to, your environment affects you, right? And I was thinking about this actually, and I was like, how much is it the environment and how much is it me? Like you and I went for a walk a few weeks ago and mm. I was sort of, I, I said to you, I was like, oh my God, I love this color palette <laughs> of just like the world. The winter of North Wales is my favorite color palette. And I was like, well, how much of that, like, is it my favorite color palette or is it just that it's what I'm surrounded by and I love it? So I don't know. I think it's probably a bit of both. But yeah, obviously it affects, from a brand point of view, it affects the aesthetics because it's what I've got to take photos of. <laughs> like I can't be, I don't, whatever, taking photos of like city streets because there aren't any. So it does affect it. But then if it wasn't an aesthetic I was drawn to, then I wouldn't be here in the first place, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I really love what you were talking to there about is it is it Wales that was always the perfect place or is it more that you're just making the most of the environment that you are in and the aesthetic that you have to play with and you know from from seeing your work your posts and things and stories on Instagram you you play to your environment and maybe that's actually uh it could be something that you've spoken to it could just be something that's implied through the way that you create what you do and the content you put out there it's really in line with where you are in the world. And, and that just feels, if anything, like a great way of going around, you know, creating your own business, especially when you're putting out photos is you need a certain style, right? And a certain brand mm. or a certain flavor that people recognize. And Wales has some beautiful flavors to, to really <laughs> um, harness or to bring in in that sense. Yeah, it makes um, it pretty easy. <laughs> do you plan to stick around? Um, It's funny, well, I've always been this really long-term planner, like just planning is my favorite thing. And so when I was like 15, I was ordering prospectuses for universities and like making that plan three to four years in advance. And just, I have always, always needed to see the stepping stones and know where I'm going. And where I'm at at the moment is like, that's, so impossible <laughs> for for all the reasons for for kind of personal reasons and financial reasons and pandemic reasons like I can't there are m multiple options of stepping stones none of which I know is going to be possible so I have had in the last couple of months to just really sit with what is in front of me right now and not think of what's coming <laughs> because I don't know and so at the moment I mean, it's probably going to be a year at least until the house gets sold. So that's that decision made that I'm going to be around for that long. And I mean, I just feel very sort of torn because it's like, I really love it here and feel very at home and kind of embraced here. But also... The idea of selling my house and then immediately getting like a six month rental contract in Carnarvon or something 
does not feel good. <laughs> um, sure. And I think that's more that I really don't want to feel like I'm tied to a chair anymore. And I've always, well, the last couple of years sought grounding and rootedness, but I think I rooted myself so hard I buried myself. And yeah, I want to, I don't want to feel too tethered to place anymore mm. and have mm. have some options but I don't really know what that's gonna look like and I'm also quite fine with that which is a weird place for me to be in but it's nice <laughs> so what you're saying is when you record your next jingle you probably won't put where you're actually based in it <laughs> well if I'm being a digital nomad oh, <laughs> that phrase makes me feel sick but <laughs> right yeah yeah it's um <laughs> It's an interesting world, the digital nomad world, for sure. <laughs> but we don't need to go there. Hey? Um, so, okay, yeah, no, I, I hear you, and and what a what a blessing in a way. It's interesting. You're not the first person who I've had this chat with about, you know, the the silver linings or the hidden blessings in a time of of chaos. And um, you know, recently it has felt like there's been a lot of um, disruption and forced habitual changes which have really thrown us into uh, different scenarios of, of reflection or of resistance uh, and it's so beautiful to hear that you know you've you've definitely received something from that time and in the form of some space and some opportunity just to reflect consolidate and then just be as well with that less emphasis on moving ahead less emphasis on uh, oh, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to do next? And and it's so in line with with what you advocate for: slow, organic. You know, and this is just slow, organic life as well as marketing. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, most of your your listeners are going to know already a bit about this journey. You know, this recent time of of change and transition in your life. Um, we've had some questions about that though. So it kind of revolves. Sorry, revolves but around. just side note: okay. if you are listening and don't know what Lawrence is talking about. There is a bonus episode that went out at the end of December, which will clarify all of this. So pause this, listen to that one, come back. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. It was a great little kind of um, cross plug, as it were. So <laughs> welcome back, everyone, for, uh, for the second part <laughs> after listening to that bonus episode in December. Yeah, so it's it's all really a lot of the questions that that have been asked around this were, were just, you know, what were some of your learnings from navigating a breakup um, and in that process choosing yourself, reclaiming something of yourself in that um, and also navigating sort of this phase of burnout, right? Because from the way that you've described it and the way that it seems to have come about, it, it was a bit of a, it was all in there together in a sense. It was just yeah. this, Whoa. it's been two years. <laughs> it's been a heavy two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so so if you were to cast yourself back over that period of time, what stands out as some of the the learnings and the mm. important lessons, the important uh parts of that experience for you? Oh, there's just so so many ways to go with this. I think that like then there was something I really specifically wanted to speak to because particularly as I've been talking about my relationship breakup like, I've had emails and things and one thing that I feel like I need to mention because for women over the age of 25 virtually it is a factor that you know I've always been pretty on the fence about having children so that was not 
really massively a factor for me or at least it wasn't like a I don't know that one of the question asks askers asked it very mm-hmm. specifically and so it's probably something that was weighing on her more than it ever weighed on me and also you know from what I'm about to say you can probably read between the lines that having a baby was never a reason to stay but like if you are in that situation just read everybody read untamed anyway but untamed has is really good about this and I also was reading a Cheryl Strayed article which I will try and find and link in the show notes or I'll link the details in the show notes for anybody who is in that situation but something that I wanted to talk about with this was that the one of the questions well two of the questions actually spoke about what what was the moment you knew mm. and it was that that's what I want to talk to because the reality is that it was sort of a a slow imperceptible deterioration over about three to four years and at the same time there was a slow imperceptible growth of my own self-trust and so these things were kind of slowly slowly coming together and then Last year, there was an incident that was a catalyst for those two things and Mm. kind of became the point at which I believed myself for the first time. And so, yeah, that kind of spurred, spurred things on a little bit. But the point is that, like, that was just a normal day. Like and things like that had happened plenty of times in the past, and so it's only that is only kind of crystallized as a moment in my mind now because of what came afterwards. It's only a moment in the rearview mirror in hindsight, and mm-hmm. what actually the reality of it is is that there is an accumulation of moments over time, and you have to discern meaning from that accumulation and also believe and stand behind the meaning that you find and I absolutely get this want to find a moment because you know like we watch we grow up watching films where there's a moment where everything changes but that's Mm -hmm. because you know they've got to get it done in 110 minutes (laughs) so there you can't have a 30 year film so there has to be a pivot point for them to like get complete the arc of the story. And then, so that's, you've got the moment as a storytelling device. But in real life, your life doesn't have a predetermined ending. There's not like a, an arc that is definitely going to happen and conclude in a certain way. There's not any pivot points already in place for you. You have to kind of find them yourself and draw them up yourself and Mm. yeah well I I also keep seeing on Instagram this picture it's a neon sign and I really I want one like it but like not neon like more woodsy but it says this is the sign you've been looking for and although you know I love a bit of synchronicity and signs and all that sort of thing I also think if you're looking for a sign that's the sign you know if you're waiting for a moment Mm. that's your moment wow I love that I love the way that it 
it just makes something a little bit more like snappy. And if, if you've clocked that you're waiting for something, then absolutely it's, it's there already. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Like, it's mm. like, as soon as you wake up to that realization of like, all right, I'm looking for something to change. That's kind of, yeah, that's exactly it. There's a reason you're thinking like, everything's not fine. <laughs> Um, (laughs) if you're thinking like this you know Um, and and with anything you know what it doesn't have to be in a relationship it can be in a friendship it can be in your work it can be where you live like if you're looking Mm. for a reason to change it like that's the reason to change it and so then does that moment that you described as the sort of the rearview mirror moment now like that normal day that when something happened which had happened before but in that particular instance felt like it you know it was just that pivotal moment does that seem like that was the time that you realized and you went okay this is the sign i've been waiting for no (laughs) okay no it was more like it no it's not it's not dramatic this is the thing it's none of this is ever dramatic it's drawn out and long and torturous but all i can kind of say about it and put into words about it is that i just remember distinctly feeling like no i'm right here and i never mm. thought that before and i was able to stick to it and i was never able to stick to it before and i all I can put that down to is that, like, literally, I had been working on the trail at that time, which is all about self-trust, and I'd been putting loads of work into it, and it was just that it had these levels that had been rising up and up and up would just now had hit that kind of point where it goes ding, and it's like you now have enough self-trust to stand up for yourself. <laughs> like, um, that's yeah, like, yeah, cool. And in that way, then the whole process of reclaiming yourself and choosing yourself doesn't feel like it's something that just happened from that moment onwards like the like the, mm. the breakup onwards as you mentioned before it was this it was kind of running you know at, at the same pace towards this the way that the relationship was potentially you know crumbling or whatever things weren't working there so and then there was this like this uh you know big explosive collision between those two where but I wouldn't say explosive. No, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. As you just it wasn't necessarily that um, that dramatic. But the two, these two opposing forces coming together, and and then you springboarding off the result into this mm. kind of you know full reclamation of yourself. Mm. Uh, and that's interesting. That was just another question. Someone said, like, you know, what was it like after your breakup, or what are you reclaiming in your life after your breakup? Mm. And so mm. from that point. There must have been things that you were able to let go of and move through and then, you know, come out into whatever was was there, you know, beyond that mm. uh, paradigm. Was that scary? No. Or how more broadly? I, it didn't feel like, well, it didn't feel, the prospect of life afterwards didn't feel scary. Because something that I've been thinking about recently is that we sort of think, oh, there's a change and then we become more ourselves or, or we find ourselves or we reclaim ourselves, what, whatever word you want to use, but the change is the trigger. Whereas actually, I think it's the other way around. I think that we get to a point where we are choosing ourselves and we are reclaiming ourselves and then that becomes the trigger for the change because it's like, 
you're growing mm. inside an old skin and you have to get out of it and kind of get out of that box that you're in and kind of step into it and that that becomes the change it's not like oh i've changed and now i'm going to rebuild my life it's like no i i've got to this point where i can't sit in this I've, nobody can see but i'm literally all hunched over <laughs> she is. Um, yes. you know you can't sit in that shoebox anymore and so yeah it was yeah it's it's been like a two-year process three-year process mm. of getting to that point and you know i oh i have always spent a lot of time on my own anyway even when i was with someone i spent the vast majority of time on my own so that was not really an issue and you know it does all start from kind of that 2019 burnout where the point was to kind of remember what it was like to like things and so having been working on that and having the space to reclaim some of those things over time unconscious well not consciously to be like this is what's going to happen at the end of this but yeah that process was started off like a year and a half ago and I guess that since the breakup that's become a lot more kind of conscious and explicit where it's not just me being like oh I think I might like to go for a walk I'm like right this is how I'm going to reclaim joy <laughs> um, I'm going to get my life back <laughs> yeah and so it's almost you know this this idea of sustainable changes right like sustainable maybe even kind of this the idea of a slow change as this growing that happens and then there, there is a point there is we've identified I think we've, we've really stressed the point enough that it probably gets to a stage where the skin cracks open the something changes the story reaches its crescendo and yet after the fact there is still this gradual integration process right which seems like you're 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 either still in or beginning to emerge out the other side of mm. you know i know that there's there's a, some thoughts that you've been having around all right well what could be next here for your business for where you potentially going to live and you're not you're not latching on or, or putting too much energy into that however i imagine it's not completely absent mm -hmm. but what feels really good is that in the same way as you you were maybe it seems as if you were quite patient or at least quite um you had an interesting relationship with this process of going oh things need to change things need to change maybe there was a trusting that the time would come when it felt like that was the moment and maybe the same thing's going to happen again for this next mm. phase in your life. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually. But, and it does, there, you're right, there are real similarities between these, if we look at them as like blocks of time, that it's the, it's the same but different, where it's a kind of, I'm not saying waiting it out, but just a, I need to be really sure. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, that the I'm what I'm doing is like for me and for the right reasons and mm. that is something that I kind of do struggle with that I I'm skipping ahead at the questions a little bit but like I know somebody said that what what are you still learning and like for I was thinking about this and like everything I'm like why did I do that why did I do that why did I do that it's always because I didn't think I had a choice and so that's something right. that I'm having to be really conscious about. Like, A, 
remembering that I do <laughs> and B, then like just taking myself through the steps of making a choice and making sure that it's my choice and not like what somebody else might want me to do um, because that's what I've always, that's like naturally who I am, very unconfrontational, Enneagram 9, all that stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> INFJ. Uh, but yeah, that's, that is a, a sort of where this block of time that I'm in now before kind of knowing where I'm going to come out the end is that similar sort of, okay, well, I need to just sit with all of this and process it and also really be able to trust the decisions and the choices that I'm making. Mm, it's like a cocoon, eh? It feels like this is the, <laughs> the cocoon. You're in winter, you're in hibernation mode, mm-hmm. you're in the cocoon phase. And it's the perfect time for all of this kind of consolidation and, and uh, almost trusting in a, in a rhythm, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the fact that you are in some kind of cycle, which is played out for you before. And uh, it could probably be quite a beautiful thing to, to have that. Not even, it doesn't even need to be like a, a really deep trust, but just a sense seems to be seems to be that you have some sort of intuitive sense that you can just lean into slightly and allow that just to unfold as it will until spring comes and it's time to emerge and spread your wings again maybe we'll still carry on in the cocoon through spring <laughs> <laughs> all right well at some point <laughs> But you'll be ready. This is the point. I think this is the point is, is that it feels like mm-hmm. this has happened to you before. It's, it's exactly what you bring to your whole um, method of, of business growing and marketing. Slow, organic, when the time's right, don't rush. You know, there's foundational things to set in place. And mm. and to, to see that playing out for you in your life as well is awesome. And I've, I've always admired um, the authenticity that you bring to your work and, and just how it's very clear that you're calling on your own experiences in such a beautiful way um, as you bring them into your work and things that you, you, you kind of speak to and coaching and things like that. And so, and then that, that's beautiful, that kind of tying in, because it really means that it's obviously coming from a deep place within you and it means something to you. Your work is literally you mm. uh, aligned with that, with your values, with your experiences in that way. And it doesn't seem as if you've had to change or compromise too much with yourself in this personal uh, journey into your own business and then becoming a business advisor and coach. And that's actually a question that came up from a couple of people around that was like, did you feel like you needed to change or do you think you're different online to real life? <laughs> or, you know, did you have, yeah, I don't know, like maybe you should answer that question. <laughs> okay, well, I'd say no. I'd say no, that's exactly, uh, exactly what I've been referring to is, is that you just are... Um, you're very authentic, and and you just you're just so uh, genuine in in both your personal life and in the the way that you conduct your your business and your work. It's refreshing. I think um, I swear see. more in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I also think I'm funnier in real life. <laughs> I don't know. This has been a pretty hilarious conversation so far. Um, so that's good. How much self self esteem do you have? I'm going to just tick that with a big hundred percent. I think I've got ten self esteems. Um, ten out of ten. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like how do you measure that? I don't know. It's funny. I think I don't know. It's um, 
I had to look up what it meant. I forgot. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, what actually is self-esteem? Well, that's interesting. Uh, and, and, and so then upon discovering, rediscovering the definition, <laughs> does it feel like it's something that you measure in yourself or that you you have access to? Does it feature in the way that you do your work? Um. So, yeah, I mean, I generally think I'm pretty great. Um, and I think it's um, but what I've always done is have a separate work self to actual self and like those things ha- they have butted against each other <laughs> quite a lot um, and when and- you say self when you say self do you mean like personality or do you mean kind of lifestyle and and sort of keeping work and and not work separate but still being kind of consistently you throughout those or do you Uh, literally change clothes when you're not working no no, i don't do that no i I guess what i mean is that when with work like i know i know my value i know what i can bring i like always have like no i can do it blah 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 whatever but then like i in a non-work context, I do struggle sometimes with like knowing what my value is because so much of my value has been piled into work. And, you know, this was part of that burnout season was like literally like, how do I be a human? Like, what things do I like? How do I make time to eat food? Like, it's like losing that whole other non-work self. Mm-hmm. But... And, you know, they, they've become a lot more enmeshed. But that is a, a just a, probably the the thing I could think of is that, yeah, in a non-work context, sometimes I'm like, who, who am I in this space? Like, what do I bring? What's my value here? Okay. So that is interesting. So there is perhaps, perhaps you, you said that there is, you feel like a different part of yourself or you have access to different parts of yourself when you're in, uh, you know, work mode, or you're engaged in things that are contributing to your business, versus when you're not. So when you're just in this offline time, cake time, whatever it is that you you know you would call it. And so in that in that way, a curious question to ask is: Is that something that has always been the case? Like you know, you've obviously had you, you speak about jobs that you've had in the past, and you've obviously you know been through phases of your life where you know you're going to have some sort of thing to identify with whether it was school whether it was a job whether it was i don't know a hobby i don't know if you've ever played any sports for example but were those things in present in your life were they ways in which you you kind of formed a sense of identity and then conversely when you weren't in that role whatever it was there was this open space in this open time where you were just you being you um, and it sounds like that was perhaps something that you you've just allowed just to be as it is, and not really ever thought about a sense of who is Kate mm. outside of her, her occupation. Yeah, I think for a long time that was the case, and it it's a it's more about other people and external validation. I think where you know up until six months ago. But certainly very much like through school and through early jobs, it's like, I'm doing this because it's going to look like this, right? Like this, I'm going to do this career path because that's how I will look, that's how I will appear to be successful. And 
even when I was kind of formulating what I was saying about not knowing what my value was, that was very much in respect to other people rather than my alone self. Because actually, I'm like pretty good with my alone self. Like I just have little dance parties and <laughs> I listen to audiobooks and I cook stuff and I go out and you know I'm pretty happy but I guess it's yeah it's where that becomes with in relation to other people so I know my value to others in respect of work but not necessarily Mm -hmm. my value to others outside of that oh juicy (laughs) thanks for sharing and yeah that's that's really interesting and a beautiful Thing to be able to reflect on in yourself as well there's, there's been this external validation and would you say that you can identify any particular individuals or sort of like times of your life where that was really reinforced oh is it like know. purely I a think... social conditioning or like is there like a teacher or a parent or something <laughs> curious? i think like this idea of sort of revenge success <laughs> of like well, I'm going to be so successful and just show them. Like, and what even are you showing them? Like, <laughs> you're stupid. And, you know, that's like old bosses who weren't very nice or it's like people at school who, like, you know, like it's irrelevant now. But at the time when you're so much closer to it, it's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be so successful in a capitalist system that you will see, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And so there's this, there is this, um, it doesn't quite feel competitive, but it feels like a, um, you're, you're engaging with, with this energy of like, having something to prove or, mm. or like wanting to like uh wanting to not be subject to look, being looked down on or um even even if people aren't actually doing it right like but how much of that is an internal experience where that's just driving you is the sense of like i will not be looked down upon and, and, and how perfect then to find yourself in your own business where you're, you're your own boss right Mm. that was probably part of that that journey for you was getting to a point of going all right i think the only way that this isn't isn't going to happen in my life is if i'm working for myself then i can only look down on myself and i'm if that happens i'm putting myself in my place and then this has been (laughs) well you know that's funny talking about burnout that is the whole that's how that happens is that like i was a despicable boss to myself like, if I had been doing this stuff to other people, there would have been a tribunal. Like, you cannot go to the bathroom unless you have finished this. And like, you can't have a lunch break. And you can't do it. Like, you know, like, all this stuff that we... And everybody does. And the way you talk to yourself. And it's just, like, when you separate it out and be like, yeah, if I was doing... I would never dream of doing that sort of thing to other people but you kind of do it to yourself and I think it's very common in the early stages of being in a business where you are in that kind of desperation mode to be like I've just got to make it work and I kind of it's like I excavated everything out of myself and then just like crammed it back in with like work 
and then there was there was like no no more space for anything else and I was just like this little drone walking around not being able to kind of yeah with the I was thinking about it last night and it was like for so long the saturation was just turned down on the world and then in the last couple of months it's like been turned all the way back on. Hmm. A concept I've been reflecting on recently um, is the idea of compassionate discipline. It's funny, I looked it up and I was like, oh, does it, you know, like is there sort of a, a word of research about this? And what came up was like disciplining children at school and, and that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> it was <just> really interesting. <laughs> like. But for sure, that's definitely the kind of discipline that you should bring to 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 schooling, um, if at all. But there was actually for me, it was much more about the self application of like, how can I maintain a sense of discipline, but with full care and compassion and acknowledgement of what I need and things like that. And and so interesting to hear you speak about, you know, when when you when you eradicated that from your external environment to a set, you know, to a degree where where there was no one else. It, it you still found a way to bring it to yourself for a phase. I'm imagining it's something that you you, you work through quite quickly. I got to a burnout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just collapsed. <laughs> so what changed then? What 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 did that moment kind of show you? And how have you adjusted the way that you work for yourself since that um, burnout? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's you know I I wrote a blog post about this the other week where because I was being asked questions about it and I was like well I don't know I'm the worst at this and then I was like no actually I'm not I'm really good like now and and I was trying to kind of go like pick up the breadcrumbs from the Mm. way because it, it you don't kind of as I was saying at the beginning that's not a moment you don't you don't yeah I hadn't noticed until I was like oh oh yeah (laughs) um it just kind of starts to unravel bit by bit and it just all I can say is it kind of comes down to the making choices and sometimes they're a big choice like so for me it was like okay I'm not going to take any more one-to-one clients for a year maybe ever not ever as it turned out but at the time I didn't know it, or it was like, cancelling something for the first time mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like to cancel things I generally don't but also I was at this point where I wasn't cancelling anything and I was just like I've got no space and those things they just start to shift your focus and so the thing that I think about a lot is what I call the stuff of life and that's somehow and I wish I could say how but I don't quite can't put it into words anyway but somehow Mm. that became the focus and the priority was like yeah I'm gonna go for a walk for two hours and when I'm on that walk I'm gonna like stroke the moss and I'm gonna talk to the tree and I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna just be really in it in the stuff of life and you know having my dance party downstairs in my underwear like just because that's mm-hmm. the stuff of life and so yeah starting to have that as a focus in um, and a priority I think is important and you know the stuff of life is also doing work but it's not the only part of it 
and the stuff of life then is that sort of a concept and uh, priority that that emerged for you post burnout phase would you say yeah yeah Mm, yeah, it's sort of been noodling there and i'd say the last couple of months i've embraced it a lot more but yeah it's been a a build-up for well i mean the majority of the times that we've spoken you've been outside in in the (laughs) glorious glorious mountains so i can yeah i can see that you really have taken that on in a sense which is great and i i'm a huge advocate for the same you know like a lot of my work is online and um I mean, you spend ages maybe even you know sometimes days like not even leaving the house and, and not even realizing and that's the part mm. that, 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 get, that gets worrying sometimes when like, oh, i haven't left the house in two days or whatever it might be and and so initially it feels as if it's disruptive or perhaps it's like it's it's not as important to go out into the nature or to to, to break things up you know to add a bit of variety However, I'm sure this would be the same for you. As soon as I do that, as soon as I, I do go for that walk, even if it's like half an hour around the block to the shops, something that just breaks up uh, what I've been doing before that, there's a real reset or there's a real um, sense of rejuvenation. You know, you talk about sort of the idea of generative activities, things that fill the cup of us so that we are able to sort of give from that cup. As opposed to trying to give from a, an empty place where we're already depleted and everything, our interactions, our relations, our, our efforts are just kind of half measure because because we're not able to really give from a place of, of um, capacity and mm. resource. And, mm. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, mm. to, but, I mean, that was to... exactly what happened to me in 2019 is that like I was phoning it in <laughs> and like there was clients I was working with that I was just oh, not because I didn't want to but I just like couldn't like get in it you know I was just so mm. this buzz everywhere else that yeah it's very it's like the most annoying thing that people say but it's very <laughs> true and you know I Obviously, it rains in Wales and there was some particularly heavy rain for a couple of days. So I couldn't go out for a couple of days and I felt it really hard that week. I was climbing the walls. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And so there's this, there is there is one more thing. There is something else uh, that I'm curious. And so are several of your followers. If you weren't doing this, if you hadn't embarked on this journey of being a business coach do you have a sense of what else you might have done well if i was so how am i going to say this so the 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 obvious answer to this question is that i had a very clear pathway to like what it was going to take to become a cmo at a multinational right uh, mm-hmm. And so that was, I, I knew what that was going to be, and like that was the path I was on, and blah blah blah. So that it is possible that I would have stayed do, d- done that. <laughs> the problem is I was a really bad employee, and like didn't like to get up in the morning, <laughs> and didn't like to stay late, and also felt like I had better ideas than everyone else. So <laughs> I think that that there would that would have come to a head at some point mm. 
And it's funny because, you know, when I was like 16, I wanted to be a photographer like you do when you're 16. But then also when I left uni the first time at 21, I wanted to be a writer. Okay. And so it kind of feels like those two things have happened. Like I literally get paid to do those two things. <laughs> um, photographs and write. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of feels like there was maybe some inevitability there or something that like through various different ways of means it got there and it was always going to get there. But also I, I did an MA in history of art because I thought I was going to be a museum person. So ah. <laughs> well, that didn't work out. <laughs> and what was it about museums? I just love history. History, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and also I guess the two, I liked the idea of putting on exhibitions. So to take the source material and like interpret it and use it for education, which I guess is another thing that has come to be just in another context. So I don't know, it's, I can't, I honestly, and it sounds so lame, but I just, I don't know what else I could do at this point. Like I, I'm virtually unemployable. Well, pretty much unemployable. Um, all, all I'm good at is this. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's no going back really to the nine to five, right? That was another question that came up. Yeah, would, you, I, would you ever sort of dream I mean, of going back? I, I don't want to be a snob about it because I genuinely believe that you can find happiness and fulfillment within a nine to five. I just also know that I cannot. And I am way too attached to like getting up at 10 a.m. and then going for a two hour walk in the middle of the afternoon um, and doing what I want all day. So I, I yeah. just, yeah, I, I could, I could not. So I know another question was like, what's your greatest fear now? And that's it, like not having control over my time. How do you feel about the next kind of phase of your? your life you know it seems pretty open right now and mm. you know does that does, are we can what, what can we expect from kate coming <laughs> from simple in season what can we expect from simple in season more of the same are we branching into new things what's the sense i wish i could tell you <laughs> ah. i have no idea no i feel i'd say i feel up and down this kind of you know in a day I can be like oh my god I'm gonna just I need to give up on everything and it's so awful and then I'm just be like oh my god I am such an enlightened person <laughs> you know and there's this very extreme kind of roller coaster and yeah so I like I sort of said right at the beginning I I can only look at what's in front of me because if I tried to look ahead it's like falling off the edge of the universe sometimes so i can't tell you what to expect because i don't know and it's all going to unravel and but that's the way it always has um i talk about planning a lot but i plan to uh, change my plans like every two weeks so whatever i would say now would be different in two weeks time anyway so mm, okay interesting <laughs> so there's another sense that you're just you're allowing and, and unfolding and following following this uh what feels good from the um 
kind of presupposition that it would definitely not be a journey back to the nine to five. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm sure that your followers will be pleased to know that there's uh, <laughs> at least something coming. And I love that, the element of uh, suspense. I, for one, am really looking forward to seeing what you, you step into and what this next phase uh, really produces for you to emerge with from your cocoon <laughs> and so thank you so much for for sharing all that you have and just being really open to delve into the recent experiences that i can imagine have been a mixture of uh really difficult and very illuminating mm -hmm. so just honoring your journey there and uh, yeah the work that you continue to do and the way that you bring yourself to that work so i'm sure that there's many good things ahead in that respect thank you cool all right well feels like it's about time i have a question and the question for you kate is how do you grow with soul in your work and life <laughs> it's funny i've been asking other people this question for three years and i've never really thought about what i would say honestly i've never thought what my answer would be because i never had to but here we are and yeah if we'd been recording this two weeks ago or two months ago two years ago the answer would have been different every time but for me it's the acceptance and embracing of the fact that there is no there there isn't this place to suffer and strive towards where you're going to have a perfect life and to not exist in a purgatory of waiting for when you're allowed to have joy in your life because you've ticked everything off and you've made it and it's sitting in they're only being a here to enjoy. And it's a supposed to be a mess. And it's a big mess. But wherever you go, whatever choices you make, something's going to be a mess. So it's finding and grasping hold of the joy within all of that. Beautiful. I was just going to comment. It's just like, there feels like there's so much freedom in that. There's so much um, reverence for the moment uh, without their... Yeah, there being much influence of narrative or of like a lack of anything rather than focusing on what's not there and what needs to change. It's just, yeah, embracing it all, embracing what's right there with you. And that feels like work of the soul, doesn't it, mm. to do that? Mm. I think the, the probably one of the biggest things that I've learned is that you can't get what you want from holding on. You have to let go. Yeah. I wrote something about it the other day where you're kind of gripping onto something and then when you lift each finger that's when it floods in whatever it is that you want whether it's balance whether it's fulfillment whatever you can we want so hard to find it and get it and push for it and I just I'm not pushing I'm just letting go so I mean this is usually the point at which I say where can people find you? But people already know where to find me because they're here. So <laughs> thank you to you for coming and giving up your very limited time to do this. And why don't you tell us where people can find you in a little bit more about your work? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, 
I'm a personal development coach. I work with uh, integral developmental coaching as a, as a system. And that's basically in a one-on-one or workshop format. And we explore habit forming and we explore holistic human development, which includes sort of social development, spiritual development, personal development as well. Uh, I work for an organization called Yes And. We're a largely digital community. Uh, we host uh, courses and workshops, so you can check out uh, the website, which is yesand.com.au, an Australian-based organization. Uh, yeah, so you can you can find me at uh, on Instagram at lbtoy, T-O-Y-E. Uh, and yeah, it'd be great to connect if people want to find out more or ask me anything. That's normally where I'll be hanging out. <laughs> thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure Kate so that was the 100th show just a reminder that if you do want to get the free 100 ways to grow a soul ebook you can get that at simpleandseason.com forward slash gws100 otherwise any other links that we mentioned or resources will be in the show notes at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Lawrence on instagram i'm at simpleandseason and he is at lbtoy t-o as always if you think you have a friend who would really enjoy this conversation please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too and until next time i hope you grow a soul